Gaming Uncensored is brought to you by Colonel Duff. Duff, helping a random handicapped guy in the middle of nowhere. Only on Gaming Uncensored. Controlling transmission. Divided by a thousand miles of barren wasteland, two men mysteriously linked by alien technology on a podcasting mission to boldly deliver video game news and views directly to your brain. This is Gaming Uncensored. Now, your gaming uncensored guides, the dynamic duo, the video game gurus, yeah, okay. a man on wheels, and a yeti with a modem, Jamie and Tommy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, how you doing? My name is Jamie Jordan, and this is a morning edition of Gaming Uncensored. I hate the morning. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Tommy's over there. What's up? Not, not much, man. man. <laughs> it's uh yeah, we we rarely do morning shows for a reason. Uh neither <laughs> neither one of us are interested in doing morning shows. So but uh alas, here we are Friday morning, uh, and uh we're doing a show. I did the actual morning radio show for like two years. Right. <laughs> I like I did that. I got up at four thirty in the morning and did 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 that at least once a week for a couple of years. Like, it's fun. But, like, there's just not supposed to be a lot of stuff that happens in the morning. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm old. And I take a lot of vitamins and supplements <laughs> in the morning. And so by the time I get all of that down, and since you had your kidney stones, I have been drinking insane amounts of water every day, yes. and I force myself to drink 30 ounces of water first thing in the morning with all my pills and all my crap. Yep. So by the time that's over, I don't want anything. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't. Like, but here we are because I love this show. And you know what got me over the fact we're doing this in the morning? Huh. It's. Zelda Day. Yes, but uh, this is uh, this is a testament to how dedicated we are to this show, even though we're so flaky at actually getting it out. Zelda is out. Like, it is Friday, May 12th right now. Uh, Zelda uh, came out uh, at midnight, and uh, we have played just a little bit of it, actually. And that's, uh, that's our dedication, yes. just to get a little bit of it in before the show. But we could be playing more Zelda right now. And instead, yes. we're doing this show, uh, which is because we love killing you. me. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I am also. This is it's just it's just brutal timing. I'm going out of town this afternoon. You can't know. Yeah, not told Jamie that yet. So, uh, <laughs> so there's not going to be more Zelda for a couple of days because because uh, I got to go uh, do some stuff, and so uh, you know it's uh, <laughs> just killing oh, me. Oh man, that's, that's not good. <laughs> I'll be back on Sunday, so uh, so we, we'll we'll get some more Zelda okay. in on Sunday. Okay, I, I have to make a rule. Okay, 
Because <laughs> I know, I know it's going to be easy to put the switch in the backpack. Yes. You're you're I, not allowed to I play know, it on dogs. I know. I know. You're not. You're not allowed. I know. I that's. Uh, I have you, made peace with that fact already, but it's kind of killing me because I could just take Zelda with me and I could be playing. Yes, it the you whole could. Time, but I'm not going to because I love you, man. Good. And I'm. I'm gonna. Thank you. <laughs> but it is. It is killing me inside a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm glad to know that you love me enough not to do that. Like, so I, I guess you could do that because I could watch somebody else play right. it. But, 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 but it, it kind of defeats the purpose, and we're going to talk about that in a little yeah. bit. There's a specific reason I like to watch you do this kind of stuff because I've noticed that you and I both play games differently than most other people yeah. in almost every aspect. And when I go to watch somebody else play a game on YouTube, which occasionally <laughs> has happened yep. because of technology and various things, the only thing that I ever think when I'm watching somebody else play YouTube, play a game on YouTube, is man, I wish we had their technology. <laughs> because because I always find like a 4K, you know, right. 60 frames per second, 5.1. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. How can we get that tech? <laughs> yeah. But nobody plays games the way that you and I do. And Zelda is one of those that it I'm not going to say that we are particular yeah. about that, We, but I think that's the correct word because to me, like it, it's kind of like my name. There's only really one correct way to spell my first name, <laughs> and everybody else is stupid, okay? There's really only one correct way to play Zelda, and if you do it any other way, you might that's fair and this particular zelda i know enough about this one and breath of the wild was the same way and so coming from breath of the wild you kind of know this but there's going to be a lot of different ways to approach it uh and so yeah it, it is different than something like hogwarts which we'll talk about here in just a little bit in a specific instance where we ran into this very issue um but it's it's a very different thing in that you could go watch somebody else play it and it's going to be a completely different experience like it's not going right. to be the the experience that we're having and and so it is a very personal gameplay experience which is one of the things that's brilliant about Zelda uh why it works yes. as well as it does and so yeah we've got uh plenty to talk about on both of those fronts both of those games uh so uh should we just jump into I I, I don't really think there's anything for, for us to talk about because I've been trying drastically to keep up with you over the last week and a half. I've, I've been spending two to three hours a day watching you play Hogwarts. Yep. And I'm sitting in my house at 44 years old thinking, I really should be doing something other than this <laughs> but but i've gotten to the point where i've convinced myself that what i'm doing is work. that's right at some point this this show is going to pay us and what i'm doing actually qualifies as work 
and uh, it, it, it's kind of working. Yeah, I, I like. I kind of have myself convinced. I think that's a fair justification. So, I, I think that, yeah. that that works. What I what I really appreciate from Nintendo, and they, I, I feel like they did this just for me, just for us, for the purposes of being able to play Zelda. But not a whole lot of games release in May. But May is the absolute best time for a game to release for me. Because it's right at the end of my busiest time of of my professional year. And then I have a lot of time that's not as busy for the next several months before my life gets really busy professionally again. And so, like, we're going to have some time to put into Zelda. Like, we are going to get to play lots of Zelda. Uh, We're not going to play anything else. Uh, Which is, for everybody that listens to the show, you're going to be just hearing about Zelda for the the rest of the summer, basically, I would imagine. Uh, And there's so many other good games that are coming. It's crazy because we have Diablo in a month. We have Final Fantasy in a month and a half or whatever. Like, there's just so much happening. And I'm I'm, I'm just pumped about Zelda. Okay, can can I say that there will be some Diablo in For there sure. somewhere? We, we got to make that because happen. because I have I have this this plan working in my head <laughs> to be able to put Diablo on the biggest possible screen that we we can find and and we'll take pictures of that when uh, when it's done because it's a totally insane idea. Uh, but but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so there w- there will be some Diablo in there somewhere. I'm just not sure where. Yeah, um, we'll find it. But yeah. it's going to be uh, it's going to be tricky. Uh, but it's going to be awesome. And I'm I'm pretty pumped about Zelda. So because we've already talked about Zelda a little bit, first of all, let me mention Patreon guys: Cabbage, Jose, Nark, Duff, Josh, Hector, Spider, Spencer, Kavash, Chad, Zeke, Chris, Brigham, Sam, Andrew, and Luke. Thank you guys uh, so much for your continued support. Uh, including for buying Zelda for us. <laughs> so now yes. that we can play Zelda. That's, uh, that's see, a wonderful see, thing. See, we have to do the show because they paid that's for right. it. Otherwise, <laughs> we would still be playing that's right. Zelda. But you, you guys paid for it, so the least we can do is give you Take a Take a show. break from Zelda um, for a little bit to talk to you about Zelda. Um, yes. Which, again, you guys paid for. So if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you could do that by going to GamingUncensored.com and clicking that Become a Patron link there near the top of the page. Uh, I will note, we'll we'll have lots of content coming in the uh, the next couple of months. We've got lots of, of Summer Game Fest and such happening. There is a rumor that there's going to be a big PlayStation showcase in the next couple of weeks. Uh, then we know, we have confirmed that we're going to get Microsoft and, and others in, in June. We've got Summer Game Fest, uh, the big... Uh, presentation of that, I think, is June 8th. And so within the next month, there's going to be tons of gaming news we're going to be talking about. Uh, and so uh, there's going to be both shows, but also additional content. So this is always the best time of year as we talk about, even without E3 this year, uh, to to become a patron to get some of that extra stuff uh, and just support the show. We appreciate that a ton because you yes. guys are awesome. So You allow us to do stuff like play Zelda yes. on day one, yes. which is... Which is <laughs> It was, uh, you know, the the temptation of staying up. I'm staying up late last night. I have to mention uh, how just old we are at this point. That like I just I gave it like half a second. Thought I was like, nah, I I can't stay up till midnight and try to get this thing loaded up and going as much as I want to. Uh, It's just not gonna happen. Uh, Well, (laughs) I I actually wondered if you because you're normally up around eleven because you have a little girl, but. Right, does not sleep. Yeah. Right, yeah. like, and so I wondered if, because Sam was talking about uh, last week on the Facebook page that he had preloaded yep. it, 
and just hit the button to see if it would, <laughs> would maybe go. Because that's what case. we all do yep. when, when we do preloads. We hit the button like once a day just to see if it works. Just to see. Um, um, and so I wondered if you were up at 11 o'clock last night <laughs> just sort of tapping the button every few minutes. <laughs> just to see. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. I didn't do that. Uh, little girl did wake up early this morning. I could have easily just uh, grabbed the switch and, and walked up there and started playing. But again, I did it so I could play it. I, I, I really appreciate. I I feel I feel guilty now. Yeah, you should. Uh, but to be yeah. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> uh, we played a, the entirety of Breath of the Wild in, in dock mode, and I wouldn't dream of of seeing uh, Tears of the Kingdom not docked. You know, like it just I, it's it's a console game. It's not a handheld game in my head, even though you can play it in handheld mode. Even if it wasn't for the fact that I need to stream every bit of it for you, like it, it's still a docked game. I it, I need that on a pretty screen. The the screen that I am looking at is a really nice screen. And I'm glad that I bought it. But one thing that I hate about it is that it's so wide that nothing displays correctly. Right, right. So I, I was watching you, unless it's specifically made for a two, 2K screen. Like I said, Diablo is good. I, I know all of the games that we're going to play over the summer on the PC are going to be good because they're all, you know, specifically made to do that. But even watching you play it on YouTube, I thought to myself, I'm going to have to go later after this is done and watch this again on the biggest screen I can find because I'm not using all of the real estate of the screen that I'm on. So. It, you're right. It really needs the biggest screen that you can get. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and that that's something that doesn't change whether or not you're streaming it or not. There's also other. What I love about the PlayStation is I can just hit a button on the PlayStation to stream. Yes, like easy. Uh, this I have to go through a capture card and the whole thing, which is fine. It just is more work and more things to potentially go wrong. Though. There's plenty that goes wrong with PlayStation streaming too, right? <laughs> as we uh, yeah. can talk about. So let's actually let's kind of flip it. Let's talk about that first. Finish up Hogwarts, and then we'll get into Zelda uh, a little bit. So we've finished ish Hogwarts. We got through the main storyline. There's a ton left in it. I don't know that we'll ever get back to it, and I don't know that I need to get. I back hope to so. It. I like. There's I, one storyline I really want to see the the end of, and that's the, the yes. Sebastian and Annie. And yes, know, so I want to see kind of what happens there. And so that's a couple of times this week. I was like, oh, I need to fire it up. And I just couldn't because of time, because I want to see that. The rest of the game is kind of OK. What it is, there's like a whole section of the map, essentially, that I still haven't really explored that much that the the like final part of the game didn't even take you to, which is interesting uh but is what it is it's also kind of geographically the most interesting part of the map i'm kind of like why didn't y'all lean into this area a little bit more but for whatever reason they didn't and so there's a whole section of the map that i'd still like to see a little bit and i want to know what happens uh with this one particular kind of side quest that's been a, a, a running thing throughout the whole game so i'm 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 the same way so if you happen to fire it up please hit that stream button because i like uh, th- there's a lot of stuff there to still do. Um, and, and the, the last, I'm going to say the last four hours or so of the game is essentially just one big 
wizard battle, which <laughs> is 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 kind of fantastic. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of fantastic. Um, I saw some things that I'm like, okay, that does not make sense. <laughs> uh, but 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 uh, I mean, basically for a final act of a game, uh, the final act was really good. Yeah. And and had a little bit more variety than the rest of the game did. Still not a ton. And that's my biggest gripe about the game as a whole is that we've talked about a ton already, that kind of inch deep, mile wide uh, thing yeah. that there's like throughout the game, you battle essentially like four different kinds of enemies. You have spiders, uh, which, by the way, there's a, right. a show note we probably won't get to in the show notes, but GamingUncensored.com, see the show notes we don't get to. What the show notes is that they've, uh, in the latest patch, put an arachnophobia mode in, which is probably a pretty good idea because there are just billions of spiders in this game. It's basically the the primary enemy type in the game is spiders. You just run into spiders everywhere. Yeah. And if spiders freak you out, this game... And like, spiders don't really freak me out. There were times I was like, oh my goodness, I'm tired of the spiders. Like, they're just like... Yeah. I, I don't just need to see any more spiders. So, you fight a lot of spiders. You fight goblins, obviously. The goblins are kind of the main enemies in the game. You fight a lot of dark wizards. And you fight a couple of trolls. And that's there's a handful of other little enemy types, but most of the battles are those. And and you get exposed to all of those fairly early in the game. And so there's just like all the combat, like it scales, it gets more difficult, they get more abilities, kind of. No, they really don't, now that I'm thinking about it. No, they just they take don't. more hits to kill. Like, really, is about the only yeah. thing that that differs as you get deeper into the game. They don't. Then there's more of them. That's what they just start throwing more of them at you. And at the end of the game, they throw them at you in combinations. And so you're finding trolls and goblins or whatever, you know. And like that is a little yeah. bit more interesting. But that's one of the things that that you know the game could benefit from just a little bit more variety in the combat. Which again, like I said, it kind of does there at the end that you get those combinations. And then the last boss fight, the kind of main boss fight. It's the only real boss fight in the game aside from the uh, the big statue guys. I can't remember what they're called. The yeah, the, I guys. don't remember yeah. either, but they're they're in every uh, but you, trial. Yeah, and it's one of the very first enemies you fight in the game is is these guys, these these statue guys. It's actually the ones that like it teaches you the combat mechanics. I would call them guardians. Guardians would be a good word. Yeah, right. Whatever they are, and then you fight them all through the game, and and they don't change again. You essentially have the same fight just every time that you're dealing with them, apart from the one time that there's like that portal that like some of them are invisible. That was a cool fight. Like I just there's little elements in the game that I'm like, oh, there you go, you got something, and and it just doesn't do that again. You know, the last boss fight is a little bit that way. The last boss fight had like different mechanics to it. had these like floating orb things that you had to blast with different types of magic in order to break the shield of the boss and then pound on the boss for a little bit. And then it kind of repeats and there's a couple of different stages to it. And it was actually a decently long boss fight. And it was the only boss fight of kind of that caliber in the whole game, which if you're only going to do one, then final boss fight's a good idea. But again, it's just that game didn't have a lot of combat variety to it until you got to the end. And and then it did, which was cool. Just wish we would have seen more of that kind of all the way throughout. So, so in the 15 minutes that we've played, though, yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you that, that there's going to be more gameplay in Zelda 
by far oh, yeah. <laughs> than, than there was in Hogwarts. 100%. But, but the thing about Hogwarts that still kind of amazes me, you mentioned the Sebastian and story, and there's a couple other ones in there that you, when you're going through them, you realize, yes, this is the wizarding universe, and this is a really like it kind of reminded me of World of Warcraft, of World of Warcraft in a way, in that you played, you know, thirty some hours of World of Warcraft, and it was all these fetch quests and all these different things you had to do, and then you got this one story arc that was like wow that was really cool <laughs> right. and you spend like six hours playing that and <laughs> and you get to the end of it and you go okay can i have some more please yep. and you might have to put, play you know 10 more hours before you got to another one of those story arcs that's kind of how i feel about this yep. if you get a compelling story arc it's the wizarding world and it works really well. And you're like, yeah, I want more of this. Yes. Yeah. And, and the Sebastian story arc to me is the most fascinating story arc in the game. And it, it it's so interesting because it plays off of like the, the Harry Potter, like struggle of like the intriguingness of the dark arts and how, right. you know, you're, you're tempted to get deeper into that. And, and, you know, like, the game leads you that way very much obviously puts that uh that come game. to the dark exactly. side it is very jedi of it you know <laughs> like this yeah. is struggle um but it doesn't feel like you ever have like real choice in it like it's a quest line that should be like abandonable essentially that you could say no I'm out. like yeah. and, and i mean it is in so far as you could just not do it you know so you have that option to it but you just leave it hanging there like it, it doesn't feel like you actually have a choice in it in so far as you can say this is really screwed up you can say it's really screwed up i've said that many times in the progress of this quest line and the quest line's still going you know <laughs> like it's just which i want it to because i'm fascinated by it but it's just so it's a weird thing that like they very obviously there's not a big branching story arc here. There is a linear story arc and you have a, an ability to approach the story arc skeptically or approach the story arc as like, yeah, let's go dark magic. That sounds like fun. Um, but you're still following yeah. the same story arc. Like it doesn't really change what's going on with it, which again, not the biggest deal in the world, but just it, it gives you that illusion of choice when you really don't have any, which is a pretty common game trope. The other one that I thought was interesting was the poachers, and the poachers, the poachers were totally uninteresting until you got to the tent. Yes, and this dragon, and I'm like, okay, that that dragon is really freaking cool. Yes. and putting the dragon egg back and doing the whole thing like that. There, there are some story arcs in there that you're like. Wow, okay, yeah, can I get some more of this? Yes. Yeah, it definitely has moments of brilliance and it has a lot of fluff. You know, like that's the the if they could have streamlined it a little bit more into if they could approach it more like God of War, you know, like that's one thing. Like 
It could have been, and I'm going to say something that may seem a little crazy here, but it could have been a much better game if it was an open world. Like, being able to explore Hogwarts, to explore the area around it is cool, and I like that part, but because the open world just isn't all that interesting after a little while, like, you kind of get over it, you know? And it would take out some of the fun with, like, the mounts and that kind of stuff, which you get, like, animal mounts. I'm like, I'm just going to fly on a broom. A broom is super cool. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's Harry yeah. Potter. I don't want to fly on a hippogriff. Hippogriffs are cool, too, but, like, I just want to fly on a broom. Anyway, uh, but, like, that's a... Uh, if they would have approached it in the kind of, like, semi-open world nature that God of War does, that you would have Hogwarts, and you would have Hogsmeade, and you would have South Hogsmeade, and you would have the coast area, and that you would have these kind of separate little kind of mini open spaces, but that you could have been way more intentional about narrative through them as opposed to just being like, here's the world, go find quests and have fun. Like you could have told more captivating stories that way, which is always a struggle with something open world. And we're about to get into a massive open world here in just a second. Uh, but that's that's always that tension. What you said is totally true. However, I was totally shocked at how long the main quest line is. Now, granted, you did quite a few side quests in there, but Hogwarts is a decently long game. Yeah. It's not it's not a short game. Like it's 14, 15 hours. Uh just a straight main the, quest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so it's it's a large ish game for 2023, and like you said, there's still a ton of stuff to do. If we want to go back and play and see what else there was, then there's lots more to play with. Which I was surprised at, and a lot of that has to do with the open world. But but you're right. Um, at the very beginning of this, when we started, I used the word set pieces when when you started Hogwarts. There, there, I, I thought there was going to be set pieces, like Hogwarts is a set piece, and Hogmeade is a, sec, a set piece, yep. and, and uh, uh, I just blanked. But... but um, um, it could have very it could have very easily been these set pieces like the Forbidden Forest or yeah. or whatever that you went between because essentially that's how you ended up playing the exactly. game. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, after you know the first time we talked about it, I talked about like, oh, fast travel, we're not gonna do that. I end up fast traveling all the time. Essentially to that, you know, like let's get to this right. area because that's where I want to go. And flying there on my broom isn't all that interesting when I'm not going to see anything on the way. Like, let's just get there and explore that area. Like, you could have easily done that, which, I mean, you can. You can do that with fast travel and, and kind of do that same thing. But there's just, there was a lot of potential that the game didn't capitalize on. It's a really good game. And as a Harry Potter fan, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's it's really fun when you have a, a, a world that you like that gets that manifests in this way where you get to interact with it, you know, which is something we've never really yeah. got to do. Like, getting to explore Hogwarts just in and of itself was really cool. Even though after a little bit, like, you're like, oh, okay, I've seen Hogwarts, you know, like, and there's still secrets and hidden apartments and that kind of stuff in Hogwarts that we could go find more of, but they're just not that interesting. Like they all work the same. They're all the same mechanics. They're all lead right. to a check. Like 
the formulaic aspect of the game drives me nuts that you've got those arithmetic uh, puzzles that are all through Hogwarts. And then every time you open one of those, it's the exact same thing inside, which is one chest with uh, an equipment piece and one chest with gold. Like every single one of them had just the exact same thing. There's just no variety to any of the elements of the game. Like the combat we were talking about before. You just like, and at some point I'm just like, I don't even care enough to open the book to see the numbers to solve this because it's almost certainly not going to be a better piece of gear because for the last four hours of the game, I think I picked up two pieces of gear that I swapped out or something. Like everything was under level of what I already had. And you just get to a point where you're like, this, there's no incentive for me to do a rope task for no reward. You know, <laughs> like it's not right. enjoyable to do these puzzles that I already know the solution of, that there's no challenge to and not get anything interesting, not be rewarded in the game by something new or fascinating. And it's to so, uh, real quick, just to juxtapose it with Zelda that we're about to get into the brilliance of breath of the wild. And I'm sure tears of the kingdom is going to be the same way. It's a game rewards you not in gear. The game just rewards you in like going, Oh my God, this is awesome. Right. <laughs> like it, it yeah. incentivizes you to explore and solve puzzles and that kind of stuff, because the next thing you experience is something you have never experienced before. And it blows your mind. Uh, and Hogwarts just didn't do a good job of that. They're just, it, there are a few payoffs that you're like, Ooh, very cool. But after those few yeah. payoffs, you get the same thing every time. It's just not interesting. You did something that you and I, I think I can say this for both of us have never really done in any game that we ever played and I don't know why but but I, I feel like since you and I started playing games uh, we we both kind of sort of have a rule with most games that we don't really buy gear or potions or because the rule of thumb is you, you're probably going to find whatever you need and not have to pay for it you paid for everything, and I totally understand why. Because if you see an upgrade, especially in Hogwarts, if you see an upgrade, money is not really an issue because you have so much gear that you can't use. Right, <laughs> you just sell it all you off. You resell it, and and then that's the end of it. So I totally understand why you went into every store and and looked through everything to to buy the best of what you could get because it was necessary. It's, it's, it's not the way that we, it's not the way that I personally prefer. I guess it's because we're cheap. Yeah. Like I'm always, I'm always <laughs> there. I'm always terrified to spend money, even in a game. It's not real money. Right. Like, and there's going to be more of it. <laughs> but you're like, I'm going to need it at some point. Right. Yeah. Like, should I really pay for this thing or should I just play for an hour and see if I end up right. with it? You know, it's that attitude. I did not feel that way with Hogwarts yeah. because I never had the thought that you were going to run out of money. Yeah. No, I never had that fear either. Like it just at any point. And there's, again, the things that I stocked up on were potions and like those mallow sweet leaves that you use to do the the Merlin yeah. trials and that kind of stuff. All of which you can get from like uh, your, uh, you know, apothecary set or whatever it is, you know, like you've right. got ability to do it. But it just, again, there was no incentive to it. Like you could go like brew these potions 
but you have a bunch of money and you can just go buy them. And there's no incentive right. to brew them instead of buying them. And same thing with like planning stuff. I never really use like the vegetables to attack people <laughs> kind of stuff, you know, like it just isn't my gameplay style. So there just wasn't incentive in some of that. Some of the stuff with like the beast was kind of interesting, but it never really gave me enough incentive to do more of that because it is like you could harvest, you know, materials from the beasts that you capture and then like do upgrades on your stuff, but the upgrades just don't feel meaningful. You know, like it just, again, it just, all the stuff just didn't feel like it, it quite connected in a way to entice me to do it. The story that's there is really good and, and being able to wield a wand and, and cast spells is fun. And so it did some things really well. The one last thing, and I'll kind of leave it on this, that they're very, very, very obviously and sorely missing and that I hope that they do in an expansion is Quidditch. The fact that like a story element of the game is like they've canceled Quidditch <laughs> at this point is like the like, how, how, how can you do that to Harry Potter fans? Like, how can you like, well, here's a game, I here's the Quidditch field. But but there's no Quidditch going on right now because of, you know, this arbitrary story element. And, like, they have to introduce. And I'm sure part of it's just, like, how do we make it fun? But they've got well, to introduce what, that That's somehow. what I was going to say. They, they, they took Quidditch out because there was no real way. I bet it was a time thing. Because if you put Quidditch into the game, which it, absolutely needs to be there but if you put it into the game it has to be right yes. like it's, it's let's, let's be honest quidditch is not a real game and outside of the movies nobody's really ever seen it done right and so and so i can see as the developers short of bringing jk Rowling in and saying tell us what this is supposed to look like like I can see why somebody didn't want to mess with that. Yeah. Because if you screw it up, you're done. Yeah. Like And even like watching the movies of it, you're like, uh, this is a weird game. Like <laughs> this isn't this isn't practical. Uh but like you still gotta have it. Like you gotta do it in some capacity. And it just like to me, it makes me think of Blitzball and Final Fantasy Ten and how just yeah. fantastically fun that was and how I spent so much time playing Blitzball, even though it's not an essential part of that game. Like I would have spent a lot of time playing Quidditch, you know, and like you just like I'm sure they're working on it. I don't know if it'll ever manifest, but because of the success of the game, like Hogwarts sold gangbusters, you know, there's a ton of people that have this game. I think that would be a good incentive for them to do that at some point. So I hope they do. Cause it would be fun. And I'd pick up the game just to play some Quidditch. And speaking of Blitzball, like Final Fantasy 10 is one of those games that I desperately want to replay. Like, We've got so many games that you and I need to go back to. Final Fantasy X and X-2 are those two games that I wouldn't even hesitate. If we could find, if you and I could find 80 hours, nope. I wouldn't even hesitate to go back to those two games because they're so good. They're so good. And, and I, I think that's what Hogwarts might eventually grow into i'm not saying that it's final fantasy 10 what i'm saying is they have the bones now yes. and i think they understand what works they understood what didn't yes 
And so now it's like, what what else do we do with this thing to make it better? Yeah. Uh, because let's be honest, there's lots of there's lots of Final Fantasy games that aren't Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like 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 I played eight and eight was good. Nine was good. Yep. And then there was ten. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and so I kind of see that for Hogwarts. Like that they could do this again and do it better. Yeah. And and they like to me, it's also like a little bit of Assassin's Creed-ish. You know, like Assassin's Creed, the original game was really good, but you know, obviously showed a lot of its flaw flaws. The second Assassin's Creed game is just fa- fantastic, just a phenomenal game. Now, the history of Assassin's Creed since then, we know. But, like, that was, you know, the developers figuring out what worked, what didn't work, just like you were saying, and then implementing that into the sequel and really executing well. And, and they absolutely could do that with Hogwarts and and make a, a really, really killer follow-up to the game. And I hope they do. I really, like, it's good enough. I want them to keep doing it, so. Yes. That's it for Hogwarts. We're done with Hogwarts. Now it's time to talk Zelda. Uh, <laughs> and that's what you're going to so, hear for a long time. So, it, as we start this, should we talk about what I already want to complain about? Or or should should <laughs> we should we start with what we like? Because we've literally played 15 minutes. Of right. We got to the opening uh, title. That's literally yeah. how far we've got. So just really quick, uh, and everybody probably who cares has already played this, and so no spoilers here. Not right. There's lots of spoilers yeah. uh, to be had here. Uh, but we played through the opening sequence with Zelda that you're going through, kind of the ruins and finding the the uh, wall paintings about the, the prophecy or the history and all this stuff and waking up uh, Ganondorf, the skeleton of Ganondorf, I'm assuming there, and getting zapped uh, and uh, uh, losing your arm and getting the new, like, all that stuff happens real quick. In the game. Right. Like it yeah. just throws you in. Can I I want to mention one thing just really quickly uh that, that's gonna tie into another game just because I think it's an interesting point that we haven't talked about yet. Uh so Zelda does the old trope uh that like you start out the game with everything. Like you're you're full hearts, yep. you got full stamina, like you got the master sword, like everything's there for the first 10 minutes of the game. And then you get to a point and you get zapped and all that stuff goes away. Like Nintendo is phenomenal at this trope just does it all the time let me- metroid is the the classic example of doing this thing where you get zapped you lose all your abilities you got to level back up and it's a fine trope because it gives you incentive to have to go back and play the game if you start a zelda game with full hearts like what are you doing like and so i get it but i want to mention a game just came out very good apparently that we've got to find time to play at some point i don't know when we're going to but uh and that's the the new uh jedi uh game uh so right. survivor, survivor the sequel to fallen order yeah. and fallen order you know you you've leveled up and you progress through that game with jedi survivor they didn't do the wipe all of your abilities thing you start that game with all the abilities you had in the previous game so you get the double jump from the very beginning of the game and it's so refreshing to see somebody do that because we talk about it can be done. We understand why people don't do it, but it can be done. And, and Jedi Survivor did that. And so kudos to them for like not falling into that old trope and, and wiping all your abilities at the start of the sequel. And and that's kind of what I, if I remember right, I may be dreaming this, but Knights of the Old Republic kind of did that with the second it game. It might have been. Back in the day. Um and, and so it can be done, and that was what I was going to complain about. Like, <laughs> literally 10 minutes, and it's like, 
Okay, you lost all yourself, swords broke. Yeah. Like, how, how does the sword, how does the master sword get trashed? I love that, like, in the first 10 minutes. It's the, like, like, it is the epitome of Zelda, the master sword. Like, it is the ultimate weapon in, in every Zelda game. And in the first 10 minutes of this game, Ganondorf is like, fragile sword, bam, it goes, you know, like, destroys it. Like, it just, like, it's great. I just love that. And you get it. Like, I also love the fact that you like you still have it it's just like this like ratty like broken sword right now we're gonna have to i'm sure fix it over time and all that good stuff and, and seriously I, mean, well, I didn't even think about fixing it over time i was like can we go to the forest stone exactly can we just go to the forest <laughs> and get that fixed real quick because yep. i really don't want to do this <laughs> the whole like, game Get that yeah. thing put back together, which is going to be the whole game to get that thing put back together. We already know. And that's, you know, it's one of the things about uh, Zelda is that Zelda is pretty formulaic and and we know what the kind of big story arc is going to be. We Unless they do some big twists and kind of surprises and they do some twists from time to time. But we know kind of what Zelda is when you're getting into. If you've been playing Zelda since you were five years old, like we have, like <laughs> there's not a lot that's going to surprise you necessarily about Zelda. And yet I'm still so pumped to play this game because we we know we're going to love it even though it's not going to like be you know like revolutionary in its approach uh it is I, expected I, it is comforting in that way and and i don't hate that i'm i'm angry with myself because i meant to tell you before we fired up the mics to pull up the boys from ancient aliens the, with him saying that <laughs> phrase, what if it were true? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen an episode of that? I've never seen an episode, gonna, but I've seen the meme plenty of times. I, I've, I've, I've watched like nine seasons of that show, and it's amazing <laughs> because it takes you all, about, all around the world to all these different places. And, and you know, what if they were created by aliens? And that show is extraordinarily form, formulaic got this voice and does this voice over every episode he goes and what if it were true <laughs> and like i'm watching you go through go through this uh cavern and and, and apparently uh zelda figures out that hyrule was created by aliens and aliens mingled with the hyruleans and now here we are yeah. and dun 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 <laughs> you know and, and i did it like it's it's really cool, but uh, I'm I'm I have immediate dis disappointment with one thing, and we talk about it all yep. the time, and that is that you start the game, and it basically starts with a cutscene, and they're walking through the thing, and she's talking, and Link never says a word. Yes, he doesn't. I'm like, oh. This is tight. This is like very cinematic. Yep. I'm good with that. And then the text starts. <laughs> and, and Hogwarts had some of this problem for as much production as Hogwarts had. There was still too much text. Um, and I just, I understand this is what Nintendo does, especially with Zelda. Yep. I get it. They don't want to spend the money to voice the entire thing. I get yeah, it, but but uh, yeah. 
it really needs to be done because, especially with Breath of the Wild and with this, because these two games are very clearly built around technology. Yep. Zelda whips out a camera <laughs> and says, so and so invented this. <laughs> and I'm like, and she's like, click, 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 uh, click, click, click. Like the little yeah. quick sound effect the whole time. <laughs> You're like, yep. Because they are games based around technology, I don't need to be reading text. I just, I don't. Yep. I'm sorry. I and and I feel like I need to go like turn in my Nintendo <laughs> fan card or something because I I just I I don't want to do that. Yep. And it's even more frustrating because the first 10 minutes of the game, like seven minutes of it are cutscenes, yep. So, you know, they can do it. Yeah. You know, you know, it's something that they're capable of. They just don't. Yeah. And to add to that, we know this isn't going to be like the most dialogue heavy game of all time. Zelda doesn't have tons and tons of dialogue. The cutscenes are great. And there is going to be a lot of interaction with characters, but there are short interactions. Like a Zelda game isn't about these big, long, like uh, back and forth, like Mass Effect type dialogue trees or something like that. Or even God of War, where God of War just has all of this intermittent dialogue to it, just constant chatter, which is great. I love the chatter in God of War. I thought they executed that incredibly well. Zelda isn't that game. Zelda is you were running around this world not talking to people very much <laughs> and so with that caveat it seems like you could voice the stuff that is there and the voice work that is there is really good it's it's solid yes. and 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 just the fact that yeah you get the first little bit of zelda talking and it's like yeah this is great and then it you know cuts to a little text block and she's like going ah and then you get to read. And she goes, ugh. And you get to read. And Link goes, ah. And you get to not read because Link doesn't say anything still even in text. But, you know, like, it's just the most, like, Nintendo thing to do. That you just have these little efforting sounds. It's like, just read it. Just get the same voice actress in there. Like, there's probably as much dialogue that is voiced from Zelda as there will be that's not voiced, you know, because yeah. the, there's going to be a lot of cutscenes we know that that just yeah it, it's it's one of those things and there's going to be a lot of like what we talk about a lot as those kind of uh, uh uh just quality of life improvements uh that we are used to in games at this point that we're not going to get in zelda because nintendo doesn't do that kind of stuff like there's just this vibe of like let's keep it true to what the tradition has been and i get a lot of that but voicing you already are voice acting it's not like you're you're not voice acting this game you are and so like let's just go all the way with it and it would yeah it it's a well, little thing I'm, but it's worth mentioning for sure i'm going to say something that i've been saying repeatedly for a while and i'm getting more frustrated with it because you can call it tradition or whatever but i I think it's getting to the point that Nintendo knows that they don't have to and they don't really care to and we're still going to buy it. And so they're like, okay, yeah, we're not going to do that for you. but and, and you'll still buy it and we'll still make millions of for dollars sure. and 
you know, everybody. And and that is really starting to frustrate me <laughs> because, be, because, like you just said, we know they can do it. Yeah. And it's not like I'm trying to think of a game. I guess the best example that I can think of, and this is funny, it's not like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> like it's not like they gotta it's not like they gotta record forty-five hours right. of dialogue. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. I'm re- I'm really frustrated because it's just like they threw up the middle finger and said, Hey, you're gonna fight anyway. Yeah. Which is um, again a totally Nintendo thing to do. Is is we've complained about their online services for years and years and years, and they just there there's no incentive for them to to fix it because they know they're going to sell still, and and you know is what it is. And this is going to be one of the highest rated games of all time. So all the you know Metacritic, Open Critic, all the scores are out for for Zelda now, and it's across the board nearly unanimously you know like uh perfect, perfect. you know like i think the yeah. metacritic score is a 97 on it right now or something like that it is in the very top echelon of of reviewed stuff why are you going to change the formula if everybody is going to agree that this is one of the best games ever yeah and and i really world right and so this is not a complaint that we should really have realistically because we've been reading texts our entire lives. Like this should be one of those things that we should be thinking, ah, that's cool. Cause they're doing it the way we used to do it back in my day. Right. But, 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 but this, this one little thing I'm like, yeah, I don't have time to read that. Like, just just give it to me. Yeah, just like, just hire that voice actress to talk a little bit more. It doesn't seem that <laughs> difficult, but aside I mean, from that, that it's gonna be a brilliant I, game. I, I I feel like that we're complaining because somehow we can't read. We can both <laughs> right. read. We're both capable of reading. I just don't want to. I know. It just it just seems like such a basic thing. Uh in twenty twenty three. Like it just and, and again, if there were like we want to preserve the like whatever you know like tradition of like not having voice acting to make it where you have to figure out what these characters like all that stuff would be fine but the very first thing you get in the game is voice acting it, like the very opening yeah. scene is zelda talking uh and so it, it, we know you could do it like there's just no good excuse to not do it all the way through at that point so yeah. That said, we're going to talk a lot more Zelda, obviously, in the future, and we're going to complain about it because it's what we do, and we're going to love this game a lot. I can already tell you. <laughs> like, I mean, for crying, for crying out loud, one one thing before we wrap this and go to news, I know we're short on time, but but holy crap, they better do something good with that Bionic. I know, one. I'm so excited about it. I, I, I'm really, really like coming off of complaining about puzzles in Hogwarts. What I know we're going to get is really good puzzles uh, soon. Uh, and, and you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, and, and apparently a very good story and a, a massive world and all that kind of stuff that we were expecting. Apparently it delivers one, on all those things. One thing about the uh, one thing about the world that I wanted to mention that I'm so excited about. <laughs> the 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 title pops up while you are skydiving. Yeah. And like like he's like falling out of the sky, which 
which is fantastic because I know at some point we're going to get, get to go back up there. And, and immediately in like the first 15 minutes, you can see very clearly that they stole the, the junk jumping off of stuff mechanic from Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Like, you, you get, you get on a really high point and he does this like swan dive, which is awesome. And, and you know, you hit some water and you don't take some there. It, it's just cool again. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, Really looking forward to going back up in the sky and seeing all those little islands and all that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, me too. It's it's going to be phenomenal, and and I'm sad that I'm going out of town for two days. It's gonna have to wait two more days before we get into it more, but we will get into it more. So I I'm I'm glad that I'm going to see my mother this weekend because she might not see me on Sunday. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna try and get everything done. Uh, I'm gonna try and get everything done before you get home. Yeah. As far as Mother's Day goes, which is really funny because I was listening to ESPN radio yesterday. They were talking about on Sunday there is potential for three game sevens in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. So. So what what do you do? <laughs> do you have Mother's Day on Saturday and just be like, honey, I'm, I'm out? So sorry. Or do you, you know? Mother's Day is in front of TV this year. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and so you and I, there's three game sevens and there's Zelda. Like, yep. I may just lock myself in my room. Sorry, and, Mom. Give you a hug. See you yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're out of luck. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, really quickly on the news, because we do have a lot. We're not going to get through it all, uh, obviously, uh, today. But some interesting stuff. I want to uh, just briefly cover this kind of ordeal with Microsoft and Redfall and and Phil Spencer's reaction, all this kind of stuff, because it, it, it was newsy for a couple of days uh, in there. And I think very intentionally so. We'll talk about why. So Redfall launched. Redfall is a big disappointment. I don't think we're super shocked by that. It's not a game that you or, you or I ever really thought looked no, <laughs> and then we got the thing a couple of weeks ago about the frame rate issues and and on and on and and it just it it turns out that it's, it feels like it's a not finished game and on and on and so is what it is no big shocker uh, on that side of things but what was more newsworthy was Phil Spencer's response to it and kind of came out and said hey we screwed this up worse I'm sorry you know speaking directly as you know kind of head of Xbox here of saying that this should have been a better game and and we didn't deliver on that we're still going to work to improve it essentially but you know like we screwed up and it goes on to even talk more about kind of their position Xbox's position specifically saying that they're not going to be able to compete with Sony and Nintendo and making games that are system sellers, essentially that that's, they can't do that, that that's not what they do and saying that they're not going to beat Sony and Nintendo when it comes to making software and big games and that kind of stuff. And, and that the, the previous generation with the Xbox one admitting that they lost that generation and saying that we've put ourselves in a bind because we didn't do better with the Xbox one. And we're now feeling that with this uh, generation of consoles as well. And just, on and on very specifically here i would uh say to make microsoft and xbox look weak in comparison to their competitors 
to get this big Activision merger through. Like the intentionality behind this and the honesty of it, because it is like everything he's saying is true, but it's just not corporate speak because most of the time it doesn't benefit you PR wise to say that stuff, but they are in this unique position where it actually benefits them business wise a ton to be looked at as the third place competitor and needing some competitive advantage and, and that this Activision merger would give that to them. Like it's just, a masterclass from Phil Spencer of how both to like look good as far as like owning up to your mistakes and to have that factor into what you're trying to do to make tons and tons of money. Okay. So to me, this whole thing is very house of cards. Yes. (laughs) And, 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 and Phil Spencer might turn out to be some sort of evil super villain, uh, you know, trying to take over the world. I, I, I don't know. But, well, like, I did not read the whole thing. I knew you were going to read enough of it <laughs> that we could talk sure, about sure. it. I, I did not read the whole thing. But but what, what I did read, I thought, you know what? This is bull. Because when they launched the Xbox, they got a company, not them, not Microsoft directly, but they got Bungie to build Halo. Don't tell me you can't do that again. And if I were the regulators, let's be real honest about Activision. Activision Blizzard's going to give them a bunch more games, and some of them are really big titles. I don't know that any of them, other than Call of Duty, are system sellers anymore. Yeah. Right? Like that, that would be my, like, I'll grant you Call of Duty, whenever it comes out, going to sell some systems. Yeah. Um, and that may be why Microsoft is trying to get this done because they want to be the place for Call of Duty. Right. Yeah. And they don't really care about everything else, but don't sit there and tell me you need this because you can't do it without it because you've already done it. Like they, they've already made system sellers that came out on the Xbox. I mean, we talk about it all the time. You and I saw the Xbox 360 in a store after <laughs> yeah. somebody told us that we had a look at it and we we're like, oh, yeah. like that could happen again. And if I were a regulator, I'd be looking at just going, this is great, but it's BS. I kind of like, but like, I w- what I would push back on uh, is they they have had a system seller, but just one, right? Like, what else has Microsoft had that's a system seller other than Halo with the original Xbox, uh, and you know a little bit of Halo since then? But Halo Infinite wasn't very obviously so wasn't a system seller. You know, <laughs> like it's a, a fine first person shooter, but it's not something you have to have. Like, there's there's not like Halo Infinite wasn't a game of the year nominee or anything like that. You know, right. like it just it was fine. It was a, another Halo game. Like they don't have that anymore. They might have that with Starfield, but it seems not super likely because what kind of defines the system seller at this point even is is weird and so the xbox 360 generation 
they dominated that not because of system sellers, but because of performance, right? Like we were blown yeah. away by King Kong of all things was the game that we saw in that GameStop, which wasn't a good game, but visually at the time was mind blowing, you know, <laughs> like and that's what yeah. it was. You got all the games that were multi-platform on the Xbox 360 and they were better on the Xbox 360. They controlled better. They looked better. Like it was just a better experience, which they haven't been able to replicate since then. The Xbox one didn't do that. And the, the Xbox series S slash X so far isn't doing that. And it's hard to imagine that they can do that at this point because console thing is just different, which is why I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see another Xbox console per se after this generation. I don't think they're trying to put themselves up there as a console competitor. They're trying to put themselves up there as a software provider, that this is the system that people get their software through. And whether or not that in the long term is is a formula for success, I don't know. But that's obviously what they're like. They talk about Game Pass a whole lot more than they talk about the Xbox Series X. You know, like it, it just they do. It's not what they're but- focused on. But think about this for a second. There and and we man, I'm I'm like you. I don't know how this is gonna turn out. So they may be totally right. But right now, in the software space, you have Steam, which hasn't gone anywhere. Uh you and I are talking about reconfiguring my office. We're not talking about it. We're going to do it. I'm going to get a very large screen. I'm going to have a nice gaming rig in here hooked up to the very large screen specifically for Game Pass. Yeah. So that when you are here, we can play all the crap on Game Pass on the biggest screen we can find with no problem and not having to cobble together computers like we did uh, the last time you were right. here. <laughs> that That's why we're redoing my office. Um, that said... Game Pass is great, but Steam is still out there. Yep. Epic's still out there. Epic's swinging big. My Epic library is getting huge. Um, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I've got a ton of games that before you and I die, we're going to have so much like, you know, we got to play that. We should really go play that. Um, that's what Epic is turning into. And so, like... I understand that they want to be the software provider. <sighs> and and I guess they they have some sort of an advantage with Game Pass, but honestly, like Steam's not going anywhere. Right, but that, that's a, apples and oranges, right? Like Steam and Game Pass aren't comparable. Like no, they're the not. thing with yeah, Game Pass is that. you pay a subscription, you get the games. You don't get that with Steam, yeah. you know. And that's like Starfield. We're not going to have to buy because we have Game Pass, and it's going to be on Game Pass. And so that's well, that's the thing. We're we're going to buy it because we're going to mod it. I like that's such a good, <laughs> interesting question, right? Like, I'm how in the world is body going to work? Uh, yeah, man, that's a that's fair. You, like, see, that's the thing, Starfield. Starfield, you have to mod. Yes, but like, are you going to be able to? I think this is better. the ultimate test they of better. this Bethesda Microsoft merger of if it's going to stick to kind of what gamers want. Because if Starfield They're, isn't moddable, like, wow, what a hit. But if you put it they, on they, Game Pass, well, you have to make it moddable on Game Pass, right? Like, if 
if they don't make it model, they're down. Of course. Like you and I are going to agree on that. But like most people who play games aren't going to mod games, you know, even like Skyrim, there's a whole bunch of people like us and they're going to take a massive hit. But most people that played Skyrim never modded it. You know, they played it on consoles and switch and whatever. Like, like, okay. Like (laughs) this is going to come, this is going to turn into a a probably a serious (laughs) debate because, um, You talk about quality of life stuff with Zelda earlier. And to me, all that the modding community is about is quality of life stuff. And for a game like Starfield that is going to be massive and unwieldy and, 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 I'd say unwieldy because I think it's going to be so big with so many moving parts. Sure. You're, you're gonna fire it up, and you're like, I don't, even, I don't even know what to do, and that's kind of the way. On a much smaller scale, that was my issue with Mass Effect Andromeda, and I didn't play it for the longest, longest, longest time until I figured out how to mod it, and then you mod it, and it gets eight zillion times better. Like I have this screen here, and the whole reason I'm excited to bring my rig over is to play Fallout, Skyrim, and Mass Effect Andromeda. That's it right now. Like, it's those three. And they're all three modable. And I understand there's a lot of people playing on consoles and played Skyrim straight or whatever. But, like, to me, it's not about who can I make it pretty or Ooh, can I do this thing or that thing or add this weird weapon or whatever? It's about quality of life. Fallout 4 is the same way. I would have never touched Fallout 4 until the mods got right. Yeah. And and now I have the mods and I'm like, this is the most awesome game ever. You know? And and so my point with all of this is that you're probably correct in that there are more people going to play this on the Xbox on Game Pass, then we'll mod it. But if you don't have the ability to mod it, the amount of people that play it on console, I think, doesn't really outpace the amount of people who mod by that much. I will grant you that it does, but I think there's a massive community of people that mod. Oh yeah, of course. And, and like, just to be clear, I am I am a hundred percent with you that I want and and hope and pray that the, the kind of Bethesda approach to modding does not go away now that they are part of Microsoft and and that we will continue to see that in Starfield because it's one of the best things about Bethesda games. But I don't know that our desire for that is enough incentive for them to to make that happen. That I don't know if they see it as critical to the success of the game the same way that you and I do. And I, we're going to play Starfield whether or not it's moddable. You know, like, we will play yeah, but, it. But, but whether it's moddable or not, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for you on this. You can speak on this, but at least for me, whether it's moddable or not will directly determine how much of Starfield? Of I course, play. 
yes, a hundred percent. I don't know that that matters a ton to Microsoft. You know what I'm saying? Like if we play through the game or if we play through it and then come back and play through it more because we've got, you know, user created quest lines and all the stuff that we got from Skyrim, which again was brilliant and amazing. And, and I yeah, want but, every single bit of that. I don't know that Microsoft cares if we do that. But but again, to, to me, the, the mods aren't about the user created quest lines and all that crap. Not for you. To me, it, it's, it's how can I make this more playable for my crippled self? Right. Which um, is totally valid, but that's not what Microsoft is going to care about. Yeah. One of the things I imagine is that you'll have a pretty good accessibility uh, uh, set of features in in uh, Starfield because that's becoming such a standardized thing in games. And I think that would even more so give them an out that they don't need to make it as moddable. Because remember, Bethesda games being moddable is an active choice by Bethesda. They they release the tools for people to use yes. to mod the games. Like it's not like people just go in and do it, you know, <laughs> like they right. they make that possible. And so I just want to make sure that we're clear on the fact that Bethesda has to, or Microsoft yeah, ultimately the, has to be on board with this. And they could say, hey, we've given uh, all of these accessibility features that we think are better when they are controlled and are going to give you a better gameplay experience than if you were to go get them on Nexus mods or whatever and uh, uh, not have the kind of quality control that we're going to provide. That's BS, but that's going to be the corporate line. But like... It's complete. Look, here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing about the, the the okay, they're trying to get this uh merger through, right? They want the Activision Blizzard, they want the content, they want all that. What makes Bethesda Bethesda they've already got right. right? It doesn't matter. And and they've had they've had Bethesda forever, and to this point they they have kept um what makes Bethesda Bethesda? If they change that and, and and you know these Bethesda games drastically change and they're not modable, that's going to change my opinion about allowing to about allowing them to do some stuff with some other companies. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, of course it is for you again. I'm just saying like no other company does the modding like Bethesda. I mean, I won't say no other company, but no other company of that scale. Like there isn't anything comparable to Skyrim or to oblivion when it comes to modding. Like those are, are essential modding, which is both an argument for, Hopefully Starfield will be that way, but also an argument of why it doesn't have to be because they don't really have much in the way of competition. Like even with like CD Projekt Red and uh, Cyberpunk, which they did release modding tools for, it's still just not anywhere on the scale of something like Skyrim, you know, and like they could even do something like that of here's a much more limited modding tool set to kind of throw a bone (laughs) to the modding community. I, I, again, I hope for everything that's good and holy in the gaming world that the Bethesda kind of approach to modding stays intact. I'm just, what the biggest question I have is how do you make that work with game pass? And I have a hard time imagining that either you get, 
a moddable version of the game on Steam that's not moddable on Game Pass, and it pushes everybody to go play that game somewhere else because that's not beneficial to Microsoft. Right. Or that you somehow make a game moddable on Game Pass, which I don't know how you do either. You know, like the, I mean, one I mean, of those what? things has to be true, in my opinion, for the game to be for Microsoft to make the decision that the game is moddable. I I got to be honest. I started playing uh, Mass Effect Andromeda on EA Access when I was paying for it, and and I. Did not play a lot of it. And then I realized that if I really wanted to be able to mod the game and do some things, I had to go buy it on Steam. So I did. And so I feel like that's going to be something that a lot of people do. Because, look, we love Game Pass. I love the ability to to stream games, especially with the internet connections that we have. That's great. But you're not going to sit there and tell me, as Microsoft, one of the biggest corporations on the planet, that you can't figure out how to make modding work <laughs> with your with your software architecture. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever of heard. Course. And you um, can't tell me that Nintendo can't figure out how to voice Zelda for an entire game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, like, yeah. I'm not arguing that they can't. I'm arguing that they they may be incentivized to a point that they won't. Yeah. You know, and, and I get. And, and, I'm a hundred percent with you. I want that game to be moddable to the T, just like every other Bethesda game out there. I am scared that it won't be. I hope it is. And, I hope and, it is, well, and I hope it is on Game Pass because that would be the best thing in the world to have that game on Game Pass and be able to mod it. I would be like Microsoft. You're 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 the greatest company ever uh, if if they make that happen. So so let me ask you this, and we don't have time. For <laughs> yes. This was not a topic of the show anyway, but it's it's a good topic. Uh, but <laughs> but but let me ask you this: I just paid for Game Pass again uh, for the month. I have not fired up Game Pass in eight months, yeah. nine months. The reason why is because I live here and my Game Pass computer's over sure. there. Uh, uh, so I say all of that to say you bought Hogwarts, you bought God of War, you bought, we, we bought a lot of games in the last six months to play them for this show. Game Pass is wonderful because you pay the fee and you get the games. Yep. But end of the day, and this may just be our age, I'm really glad that we have physical copies of those games that 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 you bought in the last, you know, well, six months or we whatever. don't have physical copies. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, semantics. Yes, but it's I'm, an important I'm, caveat. I'm I'm glad that we have a license yes. <laughs> to have that game on a hard drive and we don't have to pay for it monthly. Yes. Like, if I had been smart, when I moved over here, I would have put my Game Pass subscription on hold. I did not do that because I keep thinking, okay, well, the rig's going to get moved at some point. I've given... uh I've given Microsoft nearly uh, a year of Game Pass and not used it. Like I've paid for it for nearly a year yep. and not used it. So I, I really, it may just be 
it may just be an age thing. Yeah. I, I I think it's a both and for me because I do use Game Pass quite a bit. I played Game Pass yesterday. Uh, I played MLB The Show, which is a game that I wouldn't pay yeah. 60 or $70 for, but I'll absolutely play on Game Pass. And, and you know, it's a good time waster kind of game for me. Um, yeah. And that Game Pass, $15 a month for me or whatever it is uh, to have those kind of experiences great like that i could just fire up a game that i want to play that's not something i want to pay for but it's going to you know uh, fill in a gap where i can try something out that i otherwise wouldn't try out and at the same time i'm perfectly willing to spend 70 bucks for four tiers of the kingdom like i'm not like oh i'm already paying for this subscription service i can't justify paying 75 bucks for well one patreon is paying for it so thank you guys uh, yeah, but like, even without we that paying 70 bucks for tiers a- of the kingdom is a no-brainer to me just i, I would do that i right. every single day we're lucky to have this podcast and show. Yes. Like, like we need to say, we don't say it often enough. We haven't paid for anything in like yes. four, four, five years, yeah. and and that's because of you guys that support us. For sure. Uh, and 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 it would make this show a whole lot harder if you didn't. But but and and we wouldn't. Be, we may not be playing Zelda on day one. As we are today, if if Patreon wasn't around, I think we would Probably, be. But, but there's a lot of games we wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so and so that that has that that helps us a lot to be able to do the show. And I I really I guess the whole Game Pass thing goes back to the disappointment that all of the games on Game Pass are the console versions, because if if they weren't, uh, I would be using it every day. For the purpose, right now. like let's just really quickly though to clarify the differences. For the purposes of streaming, they are, but the games that you have access to to download, which on the PC is not the same cat- right. catalog of yes. games, but you have lots of games that you can download on the PC and and play on Game Pass. Yeah. So like Halo Infinite, you can play the PC version on Game Pass locally yeah. and all that stuff. And so it's not just streaming, but like MLB the Show, I'm playing it with a controller just like it was a console game on my PC because yeah. it's a console game. <laughs> like you're not putting out MLB to show on PC without controller support because it's not a mouse and keyboard game. Uh, you could do some interesting stuff maybe with mouse, with batting. I don't know. But anyway, there's plenty of those options, but there's also a lot of games that are there that are available too. That I, I play a lot of those too. I play a lot of games that I download that I play locally. I played tons of Vampire Survivors that was on Game Pass. I downloaded and played locally with mouse and keyboard. You know, like it just... It, it depends on, on what you're doing. So anyway, just really quickly here to wrap up because we're already over time, uh, but that was good discussion. Uh, uh, the, the point that Microsoft is making, there's a few show notes that go to making that point. One specifically, the Nintendo Switch has sold 125 million units, which is just bananas. Uh, they, nice. are, they are uh, uh, expecting fewer sales, like 15 million sales or something this year. A, anyway, who cares? That's remarkable for a console that's, seven eight years old whatever it is at this point six years old um and they just released what's going to be game of the year almost certainly you know like it just is it's wild the success nintendo has with this underpowered old console at this point good for them so so i gotta say real quick that i gotta give props to nintendo marketing because i think i may have mentioned this to you but i haven't mentioned it to anybody else I have been watching through Boston Legal again. Nice. Like I, I start Boston Legal almost every year because it makes me laugh. But I realized this year I started watching it 
with Jennifer, and she's in my living room, camped out on my couch, waiting for us to finish the show. Uh, but I started watching it with her, and I've gotten into season four, which for some bizarre reason uh, I never got to. Like, I get to a certain point with it, and then I get distracted and don't get all the way through it. But I was watching an episode last night, and and Danny and Alan were were playing Wii Sports. They were, they were playing Wii tennis <laughs> on 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 Boss Illegal, just having a good old time. And, and they they weren't shy about the fact, you know, that it was Wii tennis. It wasn't like you know they they did something similar with they wanted to do a Grand Theft Auto uh, look like game and like then. You walk into Denny's office and he's playing some game that very clearly is Grand Theft Auto, but it's not Grand right. Theft Auto. Um, but but with Nintendo, they're just like, here it yep. is. And so for, for all of Nintendo's flaws, they do a really good job with marketing and product placement. And they have always done that. Yeah, uh, good segue too. Just really quick, one last story here. I'll mention since you brought it up. Uh, Wii Sports won the inductees to the uh, Video Game Hall of Fame. That and The Last of Us, kind of the big ones uh, that, that were inducted this year, um, into the both of which very, very deserving. Uh, great, great games in, in both revolutionary and, and different ways. Uh, but yeah, uh, Last of Us and Wii Sports, along with Barbie Fashion Designer. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, which was kind of, what? obviously was not a game for us, but was uh, like released in the 90s. You could print out like uh, designs that you made in the game and actually dress your Barbies with them. And so apparently worthy of consideration there. And then Computer Space, which I had never heard of. Like this is handing in my like gamer card a little bit. Is this from 1960? I don't know. 62. Uh, 1962. Um, but was, uh, or, uh, sorry, 1971, 1971, um, was created by Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dab- uh, Dabney. And so, uh, uh, important in so far as it was the origins yes. of Atari, essentially, like they went on to create Atari after that, obviously, but I'd never heard of the game. And so, uh, now in the video game hall of fame. So, uh, releases, uh, there's one big one you might've heard of, uh, Zelda's out 96 on Metacritic. Now the score on Metacritic's actually gone down since last I checked. 96 still pretty solid uh it's just the critical acclaim for this game is is off the charts um it, it just uh and, and it is a testament to nintendo's game making process uh it was what they do uh for a game like this is kind of what we expected we were worried i rightfully so that that it might underperform yeah. and it appears that it's not going to and so that's great glad for nintendo to put out a fantastic title I, i'm glad they did and i'm glad that, that it's reviewing so well what I'm wondering is how many hours are people going to play this before the debate starts? Probably already has. If I look on Twitter, is this better than Breath of the Wild? Yeah. Uh, and, and I know you and I are going to have to put in several hours yes. before you and I start having that. Uh, but But I will say... Speaking of the really old console, uh, this one is very pretty. Yeah, it, it's very it, there's there's it's very pretty, and it has this at least at the very beginning. It has this cinematic grain to the video, yeah. which I'm not sure that I totally love, but I'm not sure that I don't. 
it, it's extremely pretty. Yes. And, and I think that's part of, just to go back to what you were saying earlier, I think that is what perplexes Microsoft and Sony about Nintendo because they don't focus on the graphics and all the pretty stuff. But when they do, Microsoft and Sony are looking around going, wait, how did they do that on yes. that hardware? Yes. Like, because the Switch is very clearly way behind the PS5 and and the Xbox <laughs> yes. One. And I, I think I can I think I can say with certainty without making an idiot out of myself that that it's going to be on the level of Ratchet and Clank. Uh, visual wise, maybe not. Yeah, it's I'm trying to figure out how to say yeah, it. It's not because it's not going to have that fidelity. It's not going to have that frame rate. It's not going to have all those things. But it's just really well executed for what it does. Like it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's not yeah. trying to make graphics the thing that draws you to the game while still but making it do. beautiful. Yes, it's yeah. it's it's it, like it almost feels effortless. It looks marginally better than Breath of the Wild. It doesn't look remarkably better yeah. than Breath of the Wild, but Breath of the Wild was gorgeous in its own right. And it's not going to be graphically fidelity wise the best game we've ever seen by far, but it's going to be beautiful. And it's a little bit again, it's a testament of what you could do with gameplay and narrative whenever you're not so concerned about visual fidelity. Like they right. didn't change a ton with the engine from a game that came out six years ago. And it's going to be amazing. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a ton more in the future. So uh, be prepared for lots of Zelda. We got to go. We're super late. He's got places to <laughs> yeah. go. I got places to go. We'd rather be playing we games, be. but uh, you, you've already been out of town once this I week. Know. Su super busy trying to wrap up the semester. You're coming to my house very soon. We need to talk about that before we get out of here. And we'll do that as soon as I wrap. Uh, but but we got a lot of stuff coming up, and uh, and you guys definitely want to stay tuned because there's big changes fixing to happen gaming wise to our um, environment <laughs> here. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Uh, we're we're gonna do some different things with video over the next several weeks, and we we've, we've got some plans to to try some different things. It's the best time of the year. We're excited that you're here. And uh, we hope you stick with us because it's going to get be a whole lot of fun. If you want to join in the conversation, pay, uh, Patreon is obviously where you can do that. We will take your money. <clears throat> if you would rather not give us money, there's also discussion going on on the Facebook page. Uh, Sam is really good at driving <laughs> yeah. the discussion over there. We, we need to figure out a way to put him on the team because he always asks questions that make people think. Uh, so you know where that is. Uh, let's see. What else? Tommy is on Twitter, and that's always entertaining. Uh, we, we've got lots of stuff going on. Hey, around this time of year, we, we tend to uh, make updates to the website as well. It's getting, it's getting to be that yes. time as well. So we got a lot of stuff coming up, and we hope you stick with us. But right now, I'm Jamie, that's Tommy, and we are Gaming Uncensored, and we're out. Would you like to submit a segment for the show? 
send it to gaminguncensored at gmail.com. And don't worry, we'll play just about anything. Gaming Uncensored. <laughs>